Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, alcoholics of all ages, welcome to episode 23 of Canadian Sober A. I'm your host and resident alcoholic, Dougie Fresh. Go grab a snack, juice, pop, or as I like to call it, the Champagne of Waters Perrier. We'll get the show on the road shortly. Sit back, hang tight. Here's a little Alanis Morissette and her song Excuses off of her 1994 album. Hang on, we'll get with the show in a minute. Why no one will help me? I'm too dumb, I'm too smart, they'll not understand me. I am lonely, they'll hate me. was Alanis Morissette and her song Excuses. Great way to end off Women's Recovery Month with a Canadian icon, Alanis Morissette. All right, uh, just a reminder that I do not speak for Alcoholics Anonymous and neither do any of my guests. We're simply sharing our experience, strength, and hope in the hope that it reaches the sick and suffering alcoholic. Also, all the songs this year on this year's podcast are picked from Spotify. If you'd like any of these songs and you want them for yourself, just go to Spotify and download them. All right, on with the show. Imagine this. You're locked in the fight of your life. You're giving it all you've got. You're punching, you're kicking, hitting, screaming, scratching, hair pulling, cursing, crying, dropping sarcastic comments, you little bugger. Right and center. (laughs) Left, right, and center. You're doing everything within your power to win the fight. You won't be defeated. Not this time. And after years and years of battling with every shred of energy that you have, you finally reach the day when you win. Yay! But did you really? The reason I ask this question is because I wonder, were you really fighting for your best life? Or were you fighting for the excuses you made up each and every step of the way? I ponder these thoughts tonight after hearing an insightful quote. Be stronger than your strongest excuse. To dive a little deeper into this conversation, we're going to talk to a good friend of mine, Melanie. How are you doing today, Melanie? 
Hi, Dougie. I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me on your uh, February Women's Month of Canadian Sober, eh? Awesome. Uh, I'm so happy that uh, that you're finishing off uh, Women's Month, and I'm so grateful that uh, you agreed to do this. Can you tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself, your experience, strength, and hope? Uh, sure. Uh, hi, I'm Melanie. I'm an alcoholic addict. I was born in Toronto, Ontario, um, into a, kind of a privileged family. I I grew up not really wanting for anything, but uh, I grew up in the restaurant and bar business. <laughs> so it was around uh, alcohol my whole life. And um, so the first part of my life, uh, I, I started drinking at the age of 14. I'm 48 now. and um, so at, at, at an earlier time, uh, one of three women uh, have had some kind of childhood traumatic experience, uh, usually sexually, and I hope those stats have changed these days. But um, anyway, I was, yeah, one of those three, but um, started drinking at the age of 14. And at that time, um, yeah, I just, I love the feeling. So I was an extremely shy kid, like extremely couldn't buy a pack of gum in the store, couldn't eat lunch at school. Um, so that alcohol really made me feel, um, <laughs> feel like I had the, the courage to, to, uh, come out of my shell a little bit. So, um, moving on, uh, high school. So I moved from, we moved from Toronto to Collingwood. And uh, that was a huge lifestyle change for, for me. We moved from the city to, to the country, to ski country, which now I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't move for anything. But uh, at the time, it was like <laughs> uh, pretty traumatic. Anyway, so I went to high school. Everybody knew each other. Um, nobody knew me except for um, the friends that I'd already had in, from skiing or whatever. So, um, yeah, so in the first six months of moving to Collingwood in, uh, in high school, my house had burnt down. I was skiing and I came into school the next morning. We ended up having to go and live with my, uh, my parents' business partners at the time, um, who, I mean, they had kids that were my, our best friends. So went to school the next morning and everybody knew me. The whole school knew me, and I was coming from Toronto. So that was pretty uh, – there's the girl that's house burnt down. So anyway, yeah, I always wanted to do everything and anything to be the life of the party. Um, I was never one to give up a, a dare. And so, um, yeah, through, through high school in Collingwood, we just drank. I mean, we drank every weekend. We um, – you know, we drank on snow days. Whenever there was an excuse to drink, we were definitely going to going to going to drink. Um, I've been in sales my whole life, so that 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 quote uh, "be stronger than your strongest excuse." I've had excuses my entire life, uh, but being in sales, I've just my I can talk my brain into absolutely anything. Um, you know, it's cold out today, so I need to have a drink. It's, it's hot out today, so I need to have a drink. My kid's sick. I need to have a drink. <laughs> There's so many excuses to have drinks. It's, 
you know. Um, and yeah, just uh, just now the excuses are different. But anyway, so going from high school to college, I went back to Toronto and um, I had a boyfriend at the time that our parents were business partners in the restaurant and uh and bar business so he actually ended up taking over the restaurant and bar so we were partying all the time somehow i got through college but he would come down every couple of days uh or a couple days a week and i would come up to collingwood a couple of days and we had a boat so it was just all about drinking and partying and eventually because of that that ended up in uh (laughs) shambles so I ended up losing um what I thought was the love of my life and my childhood sweetheart at the time to alcohol and booze but uh I I went forwards and became uh, career driven at the time and uh but still drank every night because I grew up in a family that um cocktails before dinner was completely 100% normal that that was just like if I went to a friend's house and they didn't drink before dinner, I thought, what, what, <laughs> what kind of people are these? <laughs> like these are not from my, uh, my, my world. So anyway, I totally thought it was normal and cocktail hour was just something that was worldwide and, and totally normal. So, um, yeah, I continued to drink. I uh, met a guy that I ended up spending 18 years with, and um, he drank, but I was a really bad influence on on all everybody around me, actually. Um, I was always looking for the next party, so he, you know, began drinking every night now as well, <laughs> and um, we ended up having uh, two children. Um we had a pretty good life for a while. I mean, we, you know, he, I had a business. I ended up owning my own business. He, uh, he was a golf pro and GM of a club in, in Toronto and, uh, commuted from Collingwood. We ended up coming back to Collingwood, um, to raise our children. And, um, so the, yeah, we lived a, a pretty good life Frank, constantly. And it was just normal. Like, and I, I was a functioning alcoholic, but you wouldn't call me an alcoholic. And by this point, my mother, who was an alcoholic, was now um, probably 15 years sober and was on my butt every day, all day, about drinking. So, um, yeah, so 10 years into uh, our relationship, um excuse my language, but shit hit the fan. We went through a really rough point and um, uh, we ended up splitting for a little bit. I ended up getting back together with my childhood sweetheart and life was good. I was going to live happily ever after. Um, But, you know, the guy I was with, he was extremely possessive, jealous, all that kind of stuff. But um, we ended up getting back together for the sake of the children, something I thought I always said I would never do but we did and from then on I was never happy again um in the relationship so we spent the next eight years just living life so I had fallen off my horse and broken my back so I got on pain pills he had uh two surgery and (laughs) 
got a bunch of pain pills. And at that point, it was the whole pain pills craze. And uh, so now we're living on alcohol and pain pills. And um, although I was still functioning with my children, taking them to horse shows, taking them to school, going on their, you know, school trips, all that kind of parent stuff. Um, in the background, we were just spiraling down and down and down and down and um, drinking more and more and more and more. So um, we were lucky enough, actually not even lucky enough, probably not lucky to have saved up a substantial portfolio and that allowed us to not work. <laughs> so I ended up losing my business and uh, he, he didn't lose his job. He, anyway, the golf course sold and he got a big payout from that. So we spent the next five years living like rock stars with no consequences. And, you know, of course the sheriff shows up and, you know, takes away your house that's almost paid for and, uh, and basically everything. So we lost absolutely everything for our children, which thank God today that that didn't happen, but that was the next thing to have. And, um, and then, yeah, we, so we split up, but I, that wasn't my bottom for whatever reason. That still wasn't my, my rock bottom. I continued on to, um, to drink and that actually kind of made me drink more. So now I was drinking all day and night and, um, thinking that I was functioning and, um, Anyway, finally, my children now are growing, you know, getting older and older and realizing what's happening and now starting to say stuff on top of my mother, who's now 25 years sober or something. Um, yeah, so they all got me to uh, go away and um, go away. Yeah, so I went away and uh, that lasted a few months. And then I went away again to rehab and lasted, uh, actually to detox and, uh, lasted four months. And then this last time I thought, you know what, I want my children because now they're at an age where they're, you know, going to university. One is in university and one is going where I either lose them on, you know, from their own accord and not, uh, you know, not. Um, not the, the police or the government. So, uh, this time I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to make a go of it. But the, the difference this time was that I had a sponsor the first time that called me a dry drunk and I was so over the, the top about that because I thought, what are you talking about? I'm sober. But, um, no, I, I wasn't doing anything. I was sober, but I was not doing anything. So this time at uh, the very beginning, I went to, um, and, and we were in COVID. So I went to three meetings a day. Actually, I went to morning meeting and an afternoon meeting. And then during any time that I went to the uh, 24 hours a day, AA rooms, uh, which were absolutely fantastic. And I'm not speaking for AA, but it actually did save my life through this. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so three meetings a day and then, um, 
to this day, I still have the 24 hour AA meeting on a roll if I, if I need it or want it, or sometimes I just have it playing in the background because, um, yeah, I'm 11 months sober today and, uh, and that saved my life. So, you know, Saturday morning, if I'm doing dishes or whatever, I will, I will put it on in the background and just listen to what's going on. And it just gives me a great reminder uh, because when it comes to excuses now, wow, there's so many excuses to, and Dougie, you know this, <laughs> for to not hit a meeting, um, you know, weather, children. Uh, there's so many excuses. And um, for me, if I don't hit a meeting in a week, I'm not right. Like, I'm really, really not right. So, and obviously, I never want to go back to that point of being so disgustingly sick that uh, that I need to wake up and have that drink. So, um, yeah, now, now it's just about uh, sugar. <laughs> sugar <laughs> cravings. I got to get that under control now. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if... That was kind of a really quick through my life uh, or strength and uh, hope. But, yeah, I don't know if um, I could say anything else at this point. Awesome. Thanks, uh, Melanie. Uh, I really appreciate it. You know, um, I remember when you first came in the rooms, uh, the recovery rooms, uh, you know, you were really shy and really nervous and stuff like that. And you've... Uh, You've changed a lot in the last, uh, you know, 11 months that I've known you and, and you've opened up more and you're sharing more and you're you're becoming, you know, the person that you're meant to be. And, uh, you know, you're becoming a role model for other women coming into the rooms of recovery. You know, I can see it. You know, they when you share, they stare at you and they look at you and they're listening to what what's coming out of your mouth and they're they're learning from you. Right. So. I want to thank you for coming on Canadian Sober. I want to thank you for being, um, you know, the last guest of, of re powerful women in recovery. Um, you know, this was a fun, fun month. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to do this again where we, we have a whole month dedicated to women. Um, I think this was fantastic. Uh, you know, so thank you for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with the listening audience. Um, today you mentioned, uh, is, is your 11th month birthday today. So next month today, you're celebrating <laughs> one year. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Awesome. Excited. I can't, can't <laughs> wait. Happy yeah. birthday. Uh, Thank one year, so one year birthday, uh, next month folks, uh, for Melanie. So, uh, we'll, we'll be having uh cake and coffee hopefully for that day. And uh, we'll celebrate. Uh, we'll celebrate your big day. Hey, listen. Uh, um, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, you know, go play with your horsies, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. We'll see you in in the recovery rooms. Okay. Thanks, Dougie, so much. All right. Have a great day. You too. Awesome. That was uh, that was a really good share. Um, you know, it's uh, it's never easy. When you're new in recovery, um, you know, it's never easy telling your experience, strength, and hope within your first year. Um, but Melanie, you did a fantastic job. Way to go. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see you on your one-year um, celebration. All right. Uh, now back on with the, with the story. Sad, isn't it? Fighting the wrong fight. It truly is a miserable way to go through life. 
the struggle to remind ourselves to fight our, or to fight for our own dream rather than fight for our excuses is a struggle we all know too well. And yes, we know it's impossible to fight both. One fight is much easier than the other. But which option do you think most people end up choosing way too often? Yep, you guessed it. They're excuses. And if it weren't so sad, it would be funny because people literally fight like wild animals to defend their own excuses. I guess they feel that this is the only thing holding them all together after the dust is cleared on the messes that they've made along the way. But people, come on. We were not put here on earth to fight each day for our excuses that allowed us to destroy ourselves from the inside out. Our real fight is to overcome our fears, our limitations, and excuses, and to live the life that we're meant to live right now. Don't fight for your limitations. You're stronger than your strongest excuse, like Melanie said. No one ever said that your journey would not have difficulties. Lord knows my journey has had lots lots of difficulties. But you still do get to decide how you want to show up in the world for yourself. At the end of the day, your excuses will always be there. But it's what you decide to do regardless of, of them that counts. Fight for the life you know you deserve. And, as always, the choice is yours. So, tag, you're it. All right, once again, I'd like to thank Melanie for coming on uh, Canadian Sobre and finishing off Women's Month. This was really, really fun. I enjoyed uh, interviewing all the women uh, this whole month and hearing their experience, strength, and hope. And I had people from all walks of sobriety. So it was really, um, it was, it was really interesting. And, um, you know, I thought, why not finish it off with somebody who's, uh, who's, you know, just getting their feet wet in this, uh, in this recovery world. So uh, kudos to you, Melanie. Um, and I'd like to thank the listening audience. You know, uh, you know, you guys are tuning in each and every week and you're letting me know, I see the numbers on the computer and you're letting me know that, you know, this has to continue and this is, is going on. Um, you know, it obviously it'd be different if nobody was listening to this. Um, you know, I wouldn't be putting these shows on it each and every week. So thank you to the listening audience for doing this. Um, you know, if you want to follow me on Instagram, you can do so, um, at Doug Matthews four, um, uh, D-O-U-G-M-A-T-H-E-W-S-4. And like always, and I'm going to keep doing it until I'm blue in the face, until I get a response, Perrier, the champagne of waters Perrier, I need a sponsor, please. And Melanie, this Perrier is for you. I hope uh, you continue on the road of sobriety and your life gets richer and fuller like mine has. All right, everybody. Thanks for uh, Thanks for listening. Um, have a great, fantastic rest of your weekend. Put a smile on your face. Better yet, put a smile on somebody else's face. And uh, here's Alanis Morissette to take us out with her song, Excuses. Bye-bye, everybody. Have a great weekend. No one will help me. I'm too dumb. I'm too smart. They'll not understand me. I am lonely. Hate me